views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to Cultural Brilliance Radio with Claudette Rowley. Conversations that are transforming the world of culture and business. Claudette brings fresh, innovative perspectives that push the boundaries of what organizational cultures can and should be. Learn how to catalyze your organization's workforce into an authentic, intentional, financially successful culture. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, we just played a whole new intro. And, you know, for those of us out here, we're kind of wondering, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, what just happened here? I was so not used to the brand new intro. And there we are. And it was amazing. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, It is so great to be connecting with all of you. And I love, love, love introducing you to Claudette Rowley. And here's what we're talking about. This is her fabulous show. Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence. My very special co-host, the founder, creator of Cultural Brilliance. It's something that is taking the business world by storm. And today we get to talk about something that is so near and dear to those of us that have spent time in organization, and that is the word engagement. So what is it that Claudette is bringing to the forefront? Engagement. Harness your organization's emotional energy. Today, she is going to talk with us about emotional energy. What does it do? Does it drive and engage a workforce? You know, how does it differ in a brilliantly engaged culture? And what about this emotional energy, which we so did not want to talk about For years and years and years, today she and I are going to talk about how emotional energy creates engagement and propels organizations forward to great success. For those of you that may or may not have heard our previous shows, I want to tell you a little bit about Claudette. You know, somebody that understands organizations, not only by studying, researching, but being in them. And understanding not not just the nuances of what motivates and engages employees, but what happens in time of enormous change. And how do we learn how to step through that with a brand new model? The model that Claudette has developed is the cultural brilliance model. When you take authenticity, design, and integration and you bring them together and you use a proven process that Claudette has been using for years, then the outcome then becomes something that is exponentially greater than what we're used to in looking at culture and creating the best cultures on the planet. Uh, Claudette, it's great to have you here. Great, great topic. Welcome. And this is a fabulous, fabulous show you've created. And this idea of engagement is so relevant in today's world. It's a great topic. Thanks so much, Pat. I'm really glad to be here. It is a great topic, and I'm, I'm excited to be able to talk about it today. It's so timely and important. It is. Let's talk about the first part of this, employee engagement and culture. Many people would think, wait a minute, employee engagement, culture, usually we're not really putting those two together, or people are not able to make that connection. 
you know, they're looking at engagement. They're looking at it in a lot of different ways. But I don't think many folks, many leaders really understand the connection. Can you talk about the engagement and what it has been, what it's come to mean to you? Absolutely. You know, I want to start with uh, just a basic definition of employee engagement, because I think it is so important. It tells us a lot. So one definition is that employee engagement is the emotional commitment an employee has to an organization and its goals. And so when we talk about emotional commitment, we mean that engaged employees actually care about their work and care about the company that they work for, the organization they work for. And I think that definition tells us a lot because we're already talking about when we talk about engagement in this way, we're talking about emotion, we're talking about commitment, and we're talking about caring. And those are three words we don't hear a lot in most organizations. And how it connects to culture is that engagement is really the employee's experience within the culture. And yet we often talk about engagement and culture separately when they're so interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to expect people to get results as if people are supposed to be an organization and be robotic, so to speak. You know, as if folks are supposed to just kind of forget, uh, you know, what it means to work with a group of people, the dynamics of that. You know, what does it mean to build loyalty and commitment again in organizations? And, you know, Claudette, don't you find this really interesting? Because we're still talking about, first of all, integrity. Then we're talking about loyalty again. Then we're talking about commitment again. And yet, it has it really is now a new bar that has been raised because we don't have the same enticements that we used to have for all of those right i mean we don't have this idea of oh my gosh work here and you know in 30 years boom you're going to be good to go so it does it as itself raises an interesting whole new paradigm for people to look at and isn't that what you're saying though this is a new dialogue about employee engagement I, yeah, I, I think it is a new dialogue about employee engagement. And I often go into organizations and have to really talk with groups of people, leaders, teams about the fact that emotion is part of an, you know, a person's experience in an organization, which might sound really obvious. And because I still run into organizations where they don't want to acknowledge that we're human and have emotions while we're at work. And it should yeah. be all about productivity and how do we do things better and improve things as opposed to realizing that everyone sitting around the table, everyone who's part of a particular team is sitting there with a set of emotions and they may feel their integrity has been, uh, has been uh, maligned in some way. They may feel that they're being loyal to a company, but a company is not being loyal back. So mm -hmm. it speaks to these statistics that a lot of us have heard about from the Gallup research that talks about, you know, 54% of employees in the U.S. are not engaged and 17% are actively disengaged, which means they're working against an organization. Their, their, their unhappiness is showing in, in how they're interacting within an organization. You know, what's your experience with this? Because I know that you and I have, have worked in organizations. And, you know, part of this is, is really looking at what is it today that really brings people alive, right? employee engagement and culture, and we're looking at what brings people alive. Uh, and when we think about that, folks ask the question, well, there are pockets, right, in organizations we can point to, departments maybe that inspire people more than others. 
But we're really talking about engagement to harness your your organization's emotional energy. So we're really talking about creating a culture of this. And I think that's where this is really different from the way that people have attempted to approach this before. What do you think? Yeah, I I think it it does differ in some ways. And when we're talking about emotional engagement in an organization, employee engagement in an organization, we're also talking about an employee's ability to reach more performance goals, to, to offer more to an organization. And I feel that that well, we can see that if we search the internet, we search Google for that, we're going to find that connection is in a lot of the literature. We don't hear organizations talking about it very much. Mm-hmm. It's almost as though employee engagement is this thing over here on the left that we talk about and work on. And then we have culture over on the right and we might talk about that and we might work on it. And then we have productivity somewhere else as though these things aren't all intimately connected and yeah. related. And I think that's part of how we're working to change the conversation. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk about a broadened culture for a minute and talk about what this really means, you know, in terms of what you've created. Um, You know, we're not used to, you know, people running around and being authentically concerned and wanting, really wanting to know what we're saying, what we're doing, how we are. We're just not used to that. And, And there's very good reason, you know, Many folks have grown up in organizations that say, you know what, Claudette, do me a favor. Let's leave your your emotions at the door. I don't know. Have you ever heard that? Absolutely. Can you imagine if we said that to our favorite football team for a minute right there? You know, <laughs> we would never say that. Yeah, no, we would never say, say that. that. We would never say uh, but that. Brilliant culture, though, asks us and invites us to do a few things differently, doesn't it? It really does. And, you know, so your emotions are not left at the door, certainly. Uh, and, and in a brilliant culture, we see employees are really engaged. And one of the reasons they are is because a brilliant culture is responsive to the needs of the people that are in the organization and outside of the organization in terms of customers and vendors and other people that are connected in. It's also responsive to the system. So within the organization, so it's easy for employees to be engaged because there's a give and take between the employee and the organization and the culture itself. And so it's much easier Mm -hmm. for people to be really emotionally committed because they don't feel like they're, they're selling their souls (laughs) when they go to work in some cases. Right. Right. It's really interesting. You know, when we're talking about this and today's show is fabulous for those of you just tuning in. This is Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence with Claudette Rally. And here we go. Today, we're talking about engagement. Harness your organization's emotional energy. Yeah, that's what it means. Harness. It doesn't mean suppress. And that has been literally kind of the dynamic going on in organizations now for about a decade. Now, here we are, you know, we're ready to get all fired up. We're ready to get all revved up. But what is that thing? What is called emotional energy? What is that? And why is that now so seriously important, not only to honor it, but to cultivate it. Let's take a short break, everyone. This is really exciting. I love this. You know, if you've ever been on a team in organizations and you had a great idea and that idea was something fabulous that was going to create something new for the public or the customers, you're fired up about it. Then why do we want to suppress this? We'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Tim Darter. And I'm Steve Kramer. Join us on Spirit Fire Radio. Discover how to add the mechanics of meditation to your day. And watch yourself connect in a whole new way. Find the amazing moments in life's routines that often pass us by. Add to your awareness with Spirit Fire Radio. Tune in each Wednesday at 9 a.m. for your weekly guide to practical mindfulness. And to learn more, visit www.spiritfireradio.com. Radio. Find Your Shine with Kelly is the show that celebrates what makes you, you. Join co-hosts Kelly Wadler and Dr. Pat Basili as they break down how to brilliantly fuel and move your body and love what makes you shine. Kelly is a professional arts and wellness coach dedicated to helping brilliant women find their confidence, energy, self-love, and shine. Tune in to Shine On Radio with Kelly and find your shine on TransformationTalkRadio.com. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rally has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that thrives. Whether you want to increase your business's success or create a more engaged, unified workforce, Claudette can help. We cannot thrive in a toxic environment. Learn how to create change with cultural brilliance and Claudette Rally. To learn more or to work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRally.com. Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine, and my show is Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. When we're bogged down with our emotions, the hardships that plague us in our relationships, at work, our finances, we literally can't see the higher plane where we could be operating from. Tune in to Leslie Fontaine, Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Get ready to experience Truth Talk Radio with host Deb Acker. Tune in to Truth Talk Radio each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com to illuminate the truth in your daily life as you experience life, love, and abundance from a whole new perspective. This hit show will leave you feeling lighter and bring you into a place of infinite possibilities every day in every way. Visit TruthTalkRadioShow.com for upcoming transformative topics and guests. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformations talk radio hi everyone welcome back it's great to have you all tune us in turn us on and cultural brilliance radio i'm so thrilled to have you know the creator the founder that Absolutely fabulous co-host joining me here today, Claudette Riley, the DNA of organizational excellence. And, you know, this is a series, a radio series, blog post series of something new. It really is a new narrative about the way that culture must be must be talked about today in order to create a place where we are going to be globally competitive in the world. And part of that is today's title and today's episode, what the topic is, what we're covering is engagement. Harness your organization's emotional energy 
you know, Claudette, before the break, I was talking about emotional energy and, you know, I kind of put this in contrast with what people have been sensing, you know, for at least a decade, Mm -hmm. the fact that emotional energy was, was really not something that a leadership wanted to deal with and, and B employees even know how to deal with it. Tell us a little bit about what is emotional energy and how important is it? Yeah, thanks, Pat. Emotional energy is incredibly important. Uh, And it's one of those things, as you were saying, we often don't, we don't talk about in a lot of organizations. We don't hear, I'm in lots of different organizations and have been for years, and I don't hear emotional energy come up. In fact, I'll often hear the opposite, leave your emotions at the door. Um, I, I once was facilitating a large workshop and had a manager come up to me and say, very seriously, is there any way you can teach my teams to manage conflict without emotion? And I said, no, I can't, because the reason you're ha- they're having conflict is because they have emotions, because we're human. Absolutely. So the emotional energy is, I'm going to take a definition from a book that I really love called The Emotional Energy Factor by um, an author named Mira Kirschenbaum. Mm. And she talks about emotional energy as having fuel in your tank for doing what you need to do and want to do. And so it's about being able to go the extra mile, having lots to give, to give, and it's about being feeling filled up in a particular way. And so she differentiates it from physical energy, that physical energy, because we're human, it gets limited over time. We use it up, but emotional and energy is potentially unlimited. So the, as you learn what works for you, as you learn what makes you feel good, it actually allows you to increase your emotional energy. And then things that we perceive as obstacles, and this is true in organizations, things we perceive as obstacles, things that seem really, really hard, get much, much easier with emotional energy in place. And so emotional energy is a key part of employee engagement. And we see it when people feel valued and appreciated. We see it when uh, an organizational culture is authentic, when people get to really contribute in ways that make them feel good because they get to use their best talents and strengths. You know, I want to talk about, you you know, the book that you just referred to for a minute, because, you know, we're we're looking at the world now and now we know everything is energy. And, you know, not that we didn't know everything was energy before, but now it's being talked about in ways that has not been talked about before. Um, you know, it used to be that you know, cer- certain circles of people will talk about energy and that everything is energy. And that was a small group of people, a small population. But now we're looking at energy in terms of what our bodies do, you know, what is the energy, but even the synergy, right? What is the synergy that harnessing emotional energy can bring to an organization? I think it's unlimited, as as Mira Kirschenbaum says. When yeah. there's that kind of synergy in place, we can we can bring something that's unlimited to organizations. And I think one of the best ways we can help people access their emotional energy is by allowing them to be themselves at work in positive ways. Uh, if something comes up that's not working, being open to listen to them, being open to hear their ideas and suggestions, and being willing to act on whatever they've talked about. And, and that's a big missing piece in organizations that I talk about a lot when I work with organizations on cultural brilliance and creating brilliant cultures is, is there trust? Can people tell the truth? And not just because it's a good thing to do, but because it actually increases productivity, increases innovation, it increases uh, productive decision-making. 
Yeah. And, you know, I know you also talk about this idea and let's talk about uh, authenticity, cultural brilliance and, you know, the whole idea of emotional energy, because, you know, you've seen this and I know you work with organizations who say that they want emotional energy. They want to engage people. Um, And I know that, you know, what Mira talks about, too, is all of us, every single one of us knows people who seem to be making the world a better place. Right. Or seem to make the world work better. These are people that are fired up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So don't you run into organizations where they say they want to have emotional energy go on, but at the same time, they're like, eh, don't know. We need to talk about that in terms of the culture. Uh, Yeah, I do. I do. I do see and hear that. And they say they want, what I often hear is we want the results of engaged work but we don't want to provide a culture that supports that engagement. I don't hear those exact words, but that's the inherent message is we Mm -hmm. want our people to be more productive. We want them to be more engaged. We want them to communicate better. We want all these things from them. We want the results of all those good things in place, but we're not willing to put the work in to provide a culture that allows them to be engaged. So organizations are working at cross purposes because we don't, we don't allow people to express themselves in ways that are safe. People may express themselves, but it may not be safe or feel safe. We don't allow them to be innovative because we don't say it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes because we can learn from those things. So organizations really work at cross purposes a lot of the time. Yeah. We see environments that are competitive, either they're overtly competitive or they're covertly competitive. But, you know, you ha- they become very political yeah. where it's okay to say this but not say that. And so people yeah. feel constrained. Yeah. You know, it's interesting what you're talking about because, you know, we and, – and you and I, we were talking about this before about teams, right? Right. You know, how is it that in our sports pretty much that we're looking at um, and we, we see teams that are – highly competitive and even on individual and individuals on teams are highly competitive but somehow they know how to harness that emotional energy right and you know i'm not sure where the disconnect is for organizations you know are we trying to get over that the word emotion and the bad press it has gotten for decades and decades and decades yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting the contrast, as you said, to certain teams like sports teams, and where emotions a huge component of that te- that kind of a team's success, right? A football team, a baseball team. Yeah. They actually have coaches to help them be in the right mindset, which is about emotion, right? Golfers a lot about mindset and emo- handling emotion and managing emotion. So we see in sports which is often a place, a very masculine place that the feminine of energy is actually is allowed to exist. And actually people get coached on how to use it to their advantage. And we don't see in organizations most of the time (laughs) people getting coached on how to use emotions to increase their emotional energy and their results at work. Yeah. You know, and as a result of that, we get some disconnect about it. You know, we get the idea that, wait a minute, connection, relationship. Oh, wait, are we going to say the word trust? Because remember earlier we were talking about integrity and I know you're going to do a show about that. Um, but we were talking about integrity and there are elements that are part of integrity, right? 
and some of those elements, almost everything across the board that has to do with that, the word trust, the idea of trust, the exchange, something that is going to exchange between you and me, right, is so important in the relationship we build. And so where does that idea and social capital fit in to how we can literally harness this? Well, I, I view it, it fits in because we are wired for connection as human beings. And so for most of us, and we have a range of how connected we want to be at what points in time with what kinds of people. So that's very individual. But generally speaking, for the majority of us, we want to have connection and relationship and certainly trust, as you were saying, and integrity at work and, and in most of the rest of our lives as well, which creates social capital. And often we see organizations, I mean, I'll work with organizations that are virtual in many ways. They have you know, a team in India and a team in in California and they have a team in New York and they, which is fine, except they don't invest a lot of time and energy in allowing these people to develop relationships with each other. And this in, in even simple ways, like, okay, these teams, let's get these teams together once a quarter. Let's encourage people to spend 15 minutes on the phone, just chatting. So they actually get to know each other and they learn if they have families or kids and what they do for hobbies. So they can actually build relationships with each other. Uh, there was a really interesting study at MIT that was trying to figure out what configuration of team would be the best set of problem solvers it's for complicated, for complicated, complex problems. And so one of the early assumptions in that study was that the smartest people, the people with the highest IQs would be the best problem solvers. And in fact, they found something completely different. They found it was the folks on the teams that had the highest EQ, the highest emotional intelligence, and that has some diversity in terms of gender. I don't believe the study uh, controlled for other types of diversity, just gender in this particular study. So it was an emotionally intelligent team with men and women on it, and that particular team was the absolute best problem solver of complicated situations. And what they took from it was that the reason they could solve complicated problems, even though they weren't technically the smartest people, was because they had relationships and they could build relationships and they could build trust, which allowed them to be safe and surface important ideas, debate important things with each other, have a conflict, share some crazy idea or outlier that no one else had thought of, and it allowed them to solve problems most effectively. Yeah. And, you know, when we're looking at this information and these studies that are done, you know, that usually when we're, when we're looking at studies, studies are done because people are trying to fix something, solve something or do something differently. Right. You know, they're yes. trying to they're trying to like, wait a minute, let, let me let me crack this nut open so I could see what's going on. Clearly, there is a need right now to look at what's going on in organizations and look at it in a way perhaps we've never done before. Don't you think that what's happening now in organizations is people are looking back and say that thing we did, the way we used to manage, the way we used to lead. You know what? That's just not working anymore. And, uh, and this is part of what we'll talk about when we come back. I heard something really interesting again today, and it just talks to this in a very strange way. You know, Google came out and announced again, those of you that are not going to change your websites and that you're not going to be responsive, they used to say, Claudette, we're just not going to key in on your, your keywords. Now the news is, Hello, we're not even going to bring your website up. 
Mm, How is it? How is Google, as an organization that has seemed to be quite innovative, how is Google helping the rest of the world either join in, get on board, or is that a way to move a culture forward, whether it doesn't want to or not? Our vision as a technologically driven culture is what? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you ready for this? authentic self. For over 15 years, Soul Purpose Advocate Nancy Monson has been focused on leading change in the lives of those looking to live their true purpose. She is devoted to supporting people and living a soul-directed life every day. Let Nancy help you overcome fear, worry, and doubt. Visit EverydaySpirituality.com to learn how Nancy can be your Soul Purpose Advocate. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rally has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that thrives. Whether you want to increase your business's success or create a more engaged, unified workforce, Claudette can help. We cannot thrive in a toxic environment. Learn how to create change with cultural brilliance and Claudette Rally. To learn more or to work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRally.com. Francine Vale is a being of light. She believes that all people of planet Earth are as well. As co-host of the Angel Healer radio show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basili every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to the Angels and Answers Psychic Radio Show with Clairvoyance Artie Hoffman and Sky Siegel every Thursday for a two-hour show, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio. Artie and Sky deliver spiritual and motivational messages with passion and a sense of humor. Call in 800-930-2819 for live and on-air readings. Visit ArtieHoffman.com and SkyOfAngels.com. Get ready to rid yourself of all that is weighing you down and holding you back from living the life you want for yourself. Coming Clean, The Art of Transparency with Katherine Moss is a hit show for women in recovery who are ready to live life on purpose. Tune in and let Katherine help you live your truth one day at a time. Live each Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Have you ever tried to make lifestyle changes but had difficulty following through? Imagine what it would be like to get up each morning with energy, clarity, and motivation to tackle the day. If you want to get past limiting barriers that are preventing you from living your best life, join holistic health and wellness coach T. Carrie Mitchell each month on The Dr. Pat Show. Or visit Lifestyle120.com today and start to receive the personal attention you deserve.
Welcome back. It's great to have you here. Culture Brilliance Radio, the DNA of Organizational Excellence with Claudette Rally. Claudette, let's take a minute and please tell folks how they can find out more about you. Um, how, what's the best way to contact you if they want to find out more about your consulting services and business? Uh, please share that with folks. Oh, thanks, Pat. I'd be happy to. So the best way to reach me is through my website, which is ClaudetteRowley.com and my my email and my phone number on there. And I'd love love to talk to anybody who wants to reach out. I love it. Um, You know, this has been something you've created. And I think it's really important to just take a minute before we go to this next segment and talk about leaders that listen. You know, you've been working with organizations and look at organizational culture in three ways, authenticity, uh, design and integration, right? Right. And when you do that, clearly communication is super, super important. But usually when we hear communication, people think, oh, that's me talking to you. But you have something that's even 10 times more important than that to share about creating this brilliant culture. Absolutely. How we can listen, right? How leaders can listen. (laughs) How we can listen I'm to sorry, each other. I didn't mean to laugh right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it. One of the things I have noticed is that there are a few things that drive disengagement faster than people not feeling listened to. It, it's demotivating. It's demoralizing. It makes many people shut down or they get angry. I have a whole host of reactions we really don't want to be, want them to be having, and we certainly don't want to feel ourselves. So listening is a, is a really foundational element of employee engagement, of harnessing emotional energy, and definitely of creating a brilliant culture. It's, it's, it's huge. You really can't move forward without listening. Yeah. And, you know, it's fascinating about this. When we go look at, you know, we go online and we look for new ideas about how people are talking about this. I was really struck by this, um, you know, in looking at how people are are talking about engagement, whether it's individual performance and emotional intelligence or organizational performance and and, and organizational engagement. What's really interesting is when they look at individuals, they're really pointing to this emotional intelligence thing. But when they're looking at organizations, they're looking at some kind of word they call organizational engagement. But not many of the models at all really dig in to the parts of communication that are important. You know, I found one bit of information that said, am I informed and do they listen? Mm-hmm. You know, talking about priorities that drive engagement. But where is it that we can talk about and say to our leaders, listening is so important that if it's not done well, it leads to any any different point of cultural breakdown, trust breakdown, uh, commitment breakdown. I mean, even something as hearing something somebody says and then misunderstanding it can cause an enormous conflict, right? So isn't this the part of cultural brilliance that if we don't get this thing right, certainly disaster can break out? It absolutely can. And even when 
a misunderstanding doesn't lead to conflict. We can see the domino effect where it leads to a series of actions that end up not making any sense or causing people to have to go back and rework everything simply because one person very honestly misunderstood another. And it could have been someone wasn't communicating clearly or wasn't listening. Um, Edgar Schein, who is one of the forefathers of organizational culture, has written a new book called Humble Inquiry and is really talking now about this concept of humble leadership. And in it, his his book, Humble Inquiry, is actually about asking, asking leaders to ask questions versus telling people what to do and how that impacts culture. And that's huge. And I, when I run trainings and work in organizations on management skills and leadership skills, one of the key takeaways people report back is they realize they have to listen better. They have to work on their active listening skills. They realize they need to ask more questions. There's still this prevalent in certain organizations and many organizations, this prevalent, really outdated concept that when you're managing and leading, you tell people what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or it goes too far and it becomes really all consensus based. And we know 100% consensus means very little gets done. And so there needs to be a happy medium in the middle somewhere. And I like where Edgar Schein is taking this, you know, ask questions, get it, you know, leaders should be getting input from their direct reports from other people when they're making important decisions and looking at their next step, because a leader in this day and age can't have all the information he or she needs because information's flowing so quickly, so rapidly, and changes are happening so happening so rapidly that they actually need to talk to other p- people who know more about a particular piece of information than they do. Yeah, I mean, you think about this now, and I love that you brought up Edgar Schein, right? I mean, you, you know, here we are talking about somebody that has had his foot in this culture dialogue for longer than I can even remember, right? Right. Uh, And yet he's still at it, right? We're still looking at why are we still talking at culture today as if we haven't learned anything? But the thing I think that's really fascinating about what you're talking about today is that it's not that it's not that, you know, the, the work that people have done previously on culture don't matter, but it's it's similar, you know, Claudette, to the work that people did on leadership, leadership theory, when organizations were stable, right? Right. When, when you know, you have somebody in a job that could work their way up. Now, this is a whole new ball game. And doesn't it really require a whole new set? Of, of of tuning in listening skills. It, it really does. It does require a whole new set of, of tuning in and listening skills. And, and I think it, it, one of the ironies is at a time when things are moving more quickly than ever and changing mm-hmm. more quickly than ever, we are actually being asked and, and really are required to slow down enough to listen even more carefully. So mm-hmm. there's a juxtaposition there. But it is a big part of creating a brilliant culture. And listening, as we know, it builds connection, it builds relationship, it builds trust. It's one of the basic tenets of negotiation, cooperative negotiation, is that we have to listen to what's important to other people. So at a time we're moving rapidly, we actually have to slow down. Yeah. I mean, part of this, though, is we literally can become clueless. You know, Mm -hmm. we can become clueless. We can get to a place where we cannot see things. We can't see it. We're sitting there in front of it. We can't see it. Then they call you and you come in. And so what you see is what they don't see. 
Yeah, yeah. Some organizations become what I, I call culture blind. Or sometimes leaders become cult, have a, 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 a bout of cultural blindness. And it, it's almost like the, the old parable of the emperor not having any clothes, where they become so much a part of the culture, which in some ways is good, but in some ways leads to their inability to step outside of it and look at how it's operating, you know, positively and, and not so well. Uh, and so one of the things, yeah, I can help organizations do is really be able to look at the culture in an honest, authentic way. What's going well? What's working well? What do we want to shift or change here to better meet the needs of the organization and the people inside of it? And it but really behooves leaders to do the same thing. And even, even if they're going to see things they really don't want to see, to be honest about it and listen to what people are telling them. I love this. You know, we're going to take a short break, everyone. When we come back, we're going to talk about how do we listen beyond differences? But wait a minute. What does that mean in brilliant engagement? What is the cornerstone that Claudette has opened our eyes to here and looking at that brilliant culture? Because it's hard not to see clearly when the organization truly does shine. Let's take a short break, everyone. Uh, when we come back, again, I'll, I'll uh, make sure you have information about Claudette. Today's show is absolutely fabulous. Engagement. Harness your organization's emotional energy. And if you're thinking, I would love to do that, and I don't know how, when we come back, we'll give you lots and lots and lots of information about Claudette. We'll be right back. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our real house to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at the drpatshow.com. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Get into it for 2016. Do you want more prosperity, clarity, energy, and balance in your life? Join Lynn Brown now for one of her amazing workshops, each focusing on a key part of living your best life. For more information and to register for one of these amazing workshops, visit lynnbrownevent.com. That's lynnbrownevent.com. And get into it this 2016 with Lynn Brown. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rally has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that thrives. Whether you want to increase your business's success or create a more engaged, unified workforce, Claudette can help. We cannot thrive in a toxic environment. Learn how to create change with cultural brilliance and Claudette Rally. To learn more or to work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRally.com. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? 
Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub for Empowerment Radio and learn breakthrough solutions to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in the first and third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific to Empowerment Radio with host Dr. Friedemann Schaub on Transformation Talk Radio. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com to learn more. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. It's great. Cultural Brilliance Radio, Claudette Riley here. This is her show. It's fabulous. The DNA of organizational excellence. I get to share this with her. I'm Dr. Pat. Engagement, today's topic. Harness your organization's emotional energy. And boy, what we've done so far is we've talked about employee engagement and culture. We've talked about emotional energy. We've talked about leaders that could listen. And, you know, Claudette, now we're talking about this idea of brilliant engagement, what it is and how it affects everybody across the, uh, across the board. It doesn't matter what age group you're in, what gender, what culture. We're now talking about brilliant engagement. Let's talk about that. How do you define this and how is it different? So thanks, Pat. Brilliant engagement is occurring when an organization is responsive to the needs of its people. We see people are emotionally committed to the work that they're doing. They're really passionate about it. They come alive most of the time. Everyone has bad days. Um, in a, when a culture is brilliantly engaged, we also see that people feel like what they're giving to the organization, they're receiving back beyond a paycheck. So there's some emotional uh, emotional balance that they feel. I'm giving something, I'm receiving something back. I feel like I'm contributing. I make a difference. I know I'm valued and appreciated. Uh, I feel like people see what my talents and skills and strengths are, and they ask me to contribute those to the organization. So when people have that level of brilliant engagement, they're also really creative. They tend to be innovative, and they're willing to sh share the best of themselves with an organization. And I think a key point in this is none of this can exist if people aren't allowed to make mistakes and fail but we cannot be innovative. We can't invent things unless it's okay to make a mistake and fail at something as long as you learn from it and move on. So in a brilliantly engaged organization, it's, it's largely a learning culture. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, how do we deal with this in, in, in cultures that have been around for a while, right? You know, cultures that I was, I was just thinking about this the other day. I have a friend that works at Procter and Gamble and we were talking about the company and how massive it is. It's just gigantic. And, you know, she was talking about what her journey has been like, what her career has been like. Uh, and yet at the same time, you know, she says, I represent a teeny weeny part of this big organization. She says, I represent this little teeny part that most people don't even know Procter mm -hmm. & Gamble has. And she said something interesting to me the other day, which I wanted to ask you about. Mm -hmm. She said, 
I feel lost in the scheme of things as a human being. She said, I, I feel lost. And she was asking me about, you know, what did, what did I think? And I said, it's funny, we're talking about this today. You know, how did I feel about bringing people back to the forefront today? You know, are we ready to really honor people in organizations? So I wanted to ask you about that because you're talking about engagement, but you're talking about brilliant engagement. And, you know, what, are, what, is, the, what is it about the work that you do that helps people not only be responsive, but allows people to, again, emerge beautifully and brilliantly? What a wonderful question. Yeah. How do people emerge beautifully and brilliantly? Organiza when organizations, when companies start to shift their focus to looking at the culture and how it's because culture drives everything we're doing all day long in certain ways. We, we're, we have our own thoughts and feelings and make our own decisions, but it was in, it's within the container of a particular culture at any one time. So when organizations start to actually see that and understand how that culture is supporting people, how it might not be, one of the ways they can really allow people to emerge brilliantly again is by reconnecting to the idea that the only reason you have a business is because you have people working in it. That if you don't have people, unless you have a completely automated business that doesn't need humans. If you, you know, if you need any people in your organization, without them, you're not going to sell your products, you're not going to provide your services, whatever it is you're doing. So when organizations reconnect to the fact that people matter, those people can start to emerge in a different and brilliant way. Yeah. You know, here we are, we're talking about energy, we're talking about cultures, we're talking about brilliance. You know, we're talking about cultures that we hear about, we know about. Just mentioned Google today a little bit, but it isn't really about that. It's really keeping up with the changing world. And it's hard for me to imagine that a successful organization, an organization that really is excellent, is going to be able to do that if they continue not to honor people and, the, and, and talent in organizations. I, I'm really baffled by how fearful we have become of literally honoring people in organizations. You know, I had something interesting, uh, an interesting thing said to me by a friend of mine who works at, I'm not going to mention the company name here, but a high-tech organization, let me say that. Uh, and, and, and he's a manager. And he said this to me, and I thought, I've got to, I got to talk to you about this because it's right here today. He said to me, you know, I, I listened to that show you did not too long ago. And he said, I listened to the show that you did with that person that's talking about culture. And I said, yeah, what'd you think? He said, I, he said, I gave it to my boss. And I said, wow, that's great. He said, here's his question. It was a comment. He said, you know, I'm afraid to be emotionally in involved or emotionally engaged with my employees. And I said to him, what? He said, yeah. And I said, why is that? He said, it used to be you could work with people and get engaged and they would be with you for a while. He said, I'm just afraid to, to just share that emotional energy and then have to say goodbye to people. And I know we don't have enough time to talk about all of this, 
But I, I really want you to talk about this idea of social capital and emotional energy in these last couple of minutes and how important it is to put our fears behind us. It, it, what a wonderful, what a wonderful question and how honest yeah. he was about something that I'm sure many managers and leaders feel. Yeah. And yeah, that they, that social capital, you know, and, and emotional energy is inherent within social capital because social capital is about how, what relationships and connections we have with people. And when you share emotional energy with someone, whether it's at work or personally, he's right. There is an inherent risk in doing that, right? That that person will leave the job, that there'll be a layoff, that there'll be a reorganization, they won't be a direct report anymore. And so I think it's a really interesting place for managers and leaders to look about what are the benefits of sharing emotional energy with their employees and acknowledging the downside and realizing that most of the time sharing that emotional energy is actually going to benefit everybody so much more. It'll benefit the business. It's going to benefit people and their relationships. And it's a huge part of social capital. And without our social capital, we literally can't work together effectively. Oh, I know. I mean, we've talked about so much today. What a great show, Claudette. I want to make sure, again, we mention your website and how people uh, can get a hold of you. And then I'd love to hear your closing thoughts. Thanks so much. So my website is ClaudetteRowley.com. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me, email or phone or through the website contact form. And closing thoughts are, I would encourage everybody listening to really think about what emotionally energizes you personally and at work, because those two areas feed each other. And if you're a leader or manager listening, think about what energizes and engages your employees? How can they be, how can you harness their emotional energy in positive ways? And if you walk around your organization or listen in on conference calls, notice where people are alive and passionate and then find out why, what's making those people come alive. And then you'll start to tap in to some of the sources of emotional energy within your, your company. Wow. I love it. You know, this is a great show. I want to thank you so much for today. We've talked about a lot. And uh, I want to ask you your, your final thoughts. What would you like to leave us with? What's your personal message? My personal message is remember that, as, as Peter Drucker says in the immortal words of Peter Drucker, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so remember that culture, brilliant cultures, any kind of culture you have, are driving what happens on a day-to-day -day basis in your organization. Awesome. Claudette Rowley, everybody. And what I want to say is, please, please, please go to the website, ClaudetteRowley.com. And, you know, we have lots more to come. It's a fabulous series. And, you know, for the first time, we are now talking, thanks to Claudette, about culture, not just in the same old way, not in the tip of the iceberg way, but in an authentic way. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Cultural Brilliance Radio with Claudette Rowley. Conversations that are transforming the world of culture and business. You can download this podcast and find out more about Claudette and her breakthrough work at ClaudetteRowley.com.